You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Again, I am one of your hosts, Matt. I am joined with, again, the one and only Nathan Van Horn. <laughs> uh, which is a good thing. That, that's right. That's uh, no, right. no, it, I mean, not good that I'm here. Good that there's only one of me. Yeah. yeah that, just like last time. Yeah. There it is. But uh, we do still miss Gandalf and wish he were here. But if you're tuning in, we're glad that you were here joining in on our conversation as we march forward in the text together. We are kind of marching forward in the story today, but more on that in just a second. If you are a regular listener, you are probably already subscribed. But if you are not subscribed to this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe by clicking the plus sign or the subscribe button or the follow, whatever that positive interaction is. Whatever that on, looks like on your platform of choice. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So now uh, today, Gandalf, Gandalf always gives deference to Apple, Spotify, and weird third-party platforms. <laughs> That's right. So we are moving on in the story, yet moving back in the text. So uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Like yeah. I always, I always joke. Matt is the one who wants to take our time. So Matt decided. Didn't we promise them we were going to nineteen today? Matt decided yeah. we were going too fast, so we wanted to go several chapters back. Right. Uh, so we're reverse. We're, reverse. <laughs> we're going to take a. Another look at Genesis 13 of all things. You're like, of no, course no, we are. It's not true. Yeah. But we're not just uh, going back one chapter, friends. That's right. So we're going to look at Genesis 13, 8 through 13. And there's a reason for that. And the reason is, is to move forward in the story, we need to talk about what is Sodom. Not, not just, just not just where is Sodom. Yeah. Right. What not just is where. Sodom. But what is Sodom and how are we supposed to think about this and what clues does the Bible drop? Remember, this is a dot connecting podcast. Uh, we've talked, I think we talked about it. I don't think it was on recording, but when you ask most, most evangelicals and Nathan and I, as well as Gandalf, we're all a part of evangelical tradition. When you talk about Sodom, it's immediately a discussion on sexual ethics for, for many people. But we want to talk about Sodom as a part of the grand narrative. What is Sodom to the story? How does it fit in? How does it connect to everything else? And also, what can we learn from that? So it's important for us to learn where this city came from in the story so we can get our minds around how we should think about it when we read Genesis 19 as Lot's story and the angel's story 
with Sodom. So with that said, Nathan, why don't you remind us what Genesis 13 is about real quick, and then read Genesis 13, 8 through 13. Okay. Genesis 13, uh, short version of the story. Abraham, you know, has been promised this land. He brings Lot with him. This is before Abraham has an heir, and Lot presumably was up for consideration up to this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in Genesis 13, the two of them part ways. This is this is a dividing of the peoples. And you want me to go ahead and read that in 13, yeah. 8? Uh, go for it. Through verse 13, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, listeners, this is Genesis 13, 8 through 13. And as always, we are reading from the English Standard Version. Then Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate, important verb, separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all of the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. Okay, so this is one of the first primary discussions about Sodom. So, and what a what a cordial introduction, right? <laughs> this is uh, my right. friend Sodom. His men are exceedingly evil, great sinners before the Lord. <laughs> right, but also this is not the only place in the Scripture that talks about Sodom. Ezekiel also talks about Sodom as well. And, and we'll, we'll he, be coming back to Ezekiel in subsequent weeks. We've got sure, to, yeah. there, but there is one aspect. That, remember, we wanted to catch in Ezekiel that Ezekiel says in Ezekiel sixteen forty nine, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. What I want to emphasize there, because there's, we're going to deal with more of that in weeks to come. But Sodom is a prosperous place. So when Abraham and Lot are here, they're looking at the land. Lot sees that where Sodom and Gomorrah are, that that was well watered like two places. Interesting. Eden. All right. And Egypt. Nathan, why are those important? Well, so, so many reasons. Eden, we've talked about uh, on multiple levels. Um, one of is after they sin, the part you know the the most immediate punishment for their sin is that they are sent out of the garden and they start moving in which direction? East. East. Yeah. And then the very next scene is you know God goes with them outside of the garden. She has a son by the Lord's help. This is the whole Cain and Abel story. And when Cain slays his brother, I'm going to re-say that because I accidentally bumped my mic. God goes with them out of the garden. 
She has a child by the Lord's help. Uh, you have the whole Cain and Abel story. Cain slays his brother, and Cain becomes a wanderer, but he doesn't stay wandering. Cain likewise goes what direction? East, towards East, Nod. And builds the initial city. city. So mm-hmm. that's huge. That's right. huge because the city becomes this place of resources. Um, and I love that this passage, you know, we're talking about in, in hey, pre- And don't forget, you mentioned beforehand, one more big city that is built in the east. Yeah, Babel in right. the east on the plains of Shinar. Um, and, you know, so the the whole city, I, I remember reading a dissertation. It was Rob Futrell's dissertation when I was at sem- uh, seminary. Uh, mm-hmm. The city is sociological symbol in the book of Revelation. And it talks about, it's not so much that the Bible is critiquing cities as such, but city, uh, in the ancient world, cities had connotations. Like thinking of, uh, have you ever read The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like think of the capital. Right. It's not the only highly populated area in the book. But it's this place that, on the one hand, has all of the resources the people in the districts wish they had. But on the other hand, it's this place with incredible potential for decadence and corruption and evil, right? And and also the capital sees all of the people in the districts as just a place of con- – or, or, or just – Yeah, the districts districts are there to supply us with resources. Right. Um, And so that being said, it's interesting that it not only mentions the garden of the Lord uh, looking backward, it also mentions we we were both, we had both never noticed this. It also mentions Egypt looking forward. The whole reading Genesis while you're experiencing the Exodus. Ding, ding, ding. We've talked about this so many times. Say it again. Reading Genesis while you're experiencing the Exodus. Yeah, because Egypt is at the time, again, Moses, your traditional author. Egypt is a world power. Egypt is this place at the time of incredible resources, but it's the place that consumes the lives of God's people. It, 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 not mm. only not only wearing them out with slavery, but actually stamping them out, right? When, right. when they get threatened by that resource. Um. And so, man, that's it's it's interesting that Sodom looks backwards and forwards. There's a uniquely archetypal role that it's playing uh, in the text. And I mean, we can go much deeper. I'm sure that's what this episode will do, both in Genesis and with Egypt, uh, right. by talking about Sodom. So one of the things that Lot does here in Genesis 13 is he chooses for himself the part of the land that is close to Sodom, and then he settles amongst the cities, and then by the time we get to Genesis 19, he's, he's in, the, in city. the city. Yeah, and we'll talk about that more next episode. But um, looking looking at that, he is moving towards this place that we're told is all about consumption. Nothing is off limits. There is nothing sacred. We're going to see that vividly in Genesis 19, and it's, in a sense, it's the exact opposite of the Garden of Eden while still remaining in a garden. You know, so I I love this, um, you know, because you have the, you have the Genesis one through three story in a different version in the Abraham Lot story. Abraham is driven by what God is giving him. The original creation story is driven by what God gave them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Behold, I have given you, right? Mm-hmm. And three things take a terrible turn 
in Genesis 3 when they, when they have the one thing that God has put off limits and they say, oh, we need to take that for ourselves. And that becomes right. this garden city tension. Um, Lot, Lot said, man, the pickings are good over there. Abraham is, even though his, his land doesn't look as good in the moment, he's sustained by what God has promised he will give. Lot says, hmm, I'll take that. So it, here's just another thing. When you think of a city, the only way you can live in a city is if you are supplied by what's outside the city. Like oh, this is how I love that. This is how ancient people destroyed cities. They would set up a siege, cut off the water Starve source. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And choke them out by starving them. So by nature, cities are completely dependent on the resources outside the city. And this so, is, and again, this is what, again, there's so many things that we see, uh, you know, we, we've talked about Eden as that mountain garden with lots of flowing water. It's, mm. it's, it's a so, place you can't siege out. And, you know, we're looking into the etymology it's of self-sustaining. Yeah. Well, and looking into the etymology of Sodom and Gomorrah, you really don't have many leads on Sodom. Uh, but there's the, there's a reasonable suggestion uh, that the etymolo etymology behind Gomorrah refers to it being a well-watered place. Mm. Uh, isn't that interesting? Um, that is interesting. So, so what, what I'm hearing you say is, is that Eden is the one city, the one garden that is completely sustainable because its resources come from within. Tree of life. That's right. All of Guarantee these other you Gandalf puts that at the end. Go ahead. <laughs> All these other man-made places, though, are dependent on resources outside in order to be excuse me, sustained on the inside. It's interesting uh, to leap to something that's the same but entirely different. Did you ever watch The Walking Dead? Uh, maybe a couple episodes. Okay, well, a few seasons in... You know, one of the things that the show captures is the desperation, not only of humanity against zombies, things took a weird turn today on the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that the show captures is, you know, without modern society, even basic things like obtaining food and water become a, a great struggle. And so mm. there's one season, it's the slowest season on the show, and the, the season is overwhelmingly about their struggle in this time of wandering to have their basic needs met. And the whole season, they're seeking out this place uh, called the sanctuary and they get to the sanctuary, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched walking dead, but they get to the sanctuary and they think it's going to be their salvation. And it turns out that the people of the sanctuary use the allure of food to get people to come there so they can cannibalize them. It's, it mm. looks like a place you go to consume, but it's a place you end up coming that consumes you. Mm. And man, does that fit with what we're talking about? Oh, it, so God's garden, as opposed to man's garden, God's garden is not built on consumption. It's built on the keeping that man. Do you remember in Genesis two? The, the was dominion stewardship. Yeah, right. Placed God placed man in the garden that he might keep it literally in verse 15 the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden to work it and keep it the the garden of sodom so to speak is only consumption it is what can i get 
And what's interesting is that it's not that the Garden of Eden was not for any consumption and that it was not to be pleasurable, but in the Garden of Eden, don't you remember there was sacred space? Perhaps you remember the whole two trees. Yeah, my mind, my mind immediately went to Genesis 2, yeah. Right. So remember the two trees? We talked many, many moons ago about the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It wasn't the good tree and the bad tree, remember. It was um, the, the tree for consumption to give life and then the tree for admiration to look upon its beauty, so to speak, but to actually abstain from it. And by abstaining from it, you would also receive life. Not from it, but it was an offering of worship to God. So actually looking back at Genesis 2, it is interesting how that is all. Yeah. Uh, and again, they mentioned this. They mentioned this uh, hand in hand with water. <laughs> you yeah, know. Uh, yeah. So it's it's just you know, Genesis two nine and ten, and out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight. There's mm-hmm. the admiration and good right. for food. There's the consumption, right? Right. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden. That's the one consumption, consumption one. Mm-hmm. And the tree of the knowledge again, not the tree of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All that's right. the one that you can look upon, but you're not supposed to eat from. And right after that, a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. Matt, I think we talked about this when we were doing the Eden thing. Um, I love how um, stories of the Bible link by using imagery that's uh, that the, the hearers would have recognized. And, and you know I love going from Genesis to Daniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Daniel and his friends are in Babylon, their first temptation, just like Genesis, is an eating temptation. Uh, are you going to eat from the king's table um, right. or what, what comes from the ground? Um, and when you think of Babylon, one of those wonders of the ancient world, you think of the hanging gardens of Babylon. If you look up pictures for what this probably looked like, it looks like a ziggurat, a, an artificial mountain with gardens on each tier. I mean, it's mm. it's absolutely trying to say, Hey, no, you can trust this city. <laughs> right. Uh, right. It's an artificial Eden. And that is an- and 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 Sodom is a is a corrupted, perverse, distorted, attempted Eden. That's right. But see, when like for instance, I think it is if you were to ask just the average person, what would paradise be like for you? Most of us would think, oh, wow, somewhere where I can, I can rest and relax and do whatever I want to do, eat whatever I want to eat, never gain any weight. That's like, it. <laughs> uh, that. But Taste full, calorie-free. That, that's right. But Eden was more Chick-fil-A than that. Chick-fil-A is open on Sunday. That's right. <laughs> but Eden was more than that. It Still wasn't looking just... for sponsors, Chick-fil-A. Oh, so true. It wasn't just good for consumption. It was, it was beautiful. And contrary to the beauty of the place like Sodom, Sodom only saw beauty for consumption. And as we're going to see in this story, there is nothing sacred or off limits. I mean, the men are going to want to, the men of Sodom, we're going to read next week, want to rape the two men who are angels who've come into the city. Like they just see them. Hey, they're in our city. They're for us. 
like no, and this is yeah we're, we're often the perversity saying, yeah we, we, we often Eden. say we might be crazy just not about this mm-hmm. um it you know i love the way you parsed it out uh uh in the episode and before we started of one tree is for consumption the other is for admiration because the, man that that is directly mentioned in genesis 3 after the conversation between the woman and the serpent right mm-hmm. the right. woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and desirable to make one wise she took one that god allowed them to look upon live among but not partake from she combined the roles. Uh, she took something that was off limits and she made it something to be consumed. Mm. Um, and that's, that's what will happen in Sodom. It's just, you know, when you, you get to Genesis 19 and we'll, we'll come again, we'll come back to this in, in subsequent weeks. But when the, the men of Sodom are, are looking, excuse me, when the men of Sodom are looking at these two angelic visitors who appear to them as, as men or whatever, um, and Lot is trying to negotiate them. Uh, Lot says, uh, you know, you can do what you want with them. Literally in Hebrew, he says, you can do what is good in your eyes. Man, mm-hmm. good in your eyes language. That's Genesis 3 language. Right. Then the woman saw. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But see, it's, so- it's, the whole, it's the whole see, ra'ah, um, good, tov, take, lakak thing uh, over right. and over and over again. So the irony of ironies for these places of consumption is because they're not self-sustaining. They actually, instead of spreading blessing, spread destruction. Because everywhere their influence goes, it destroys to sustain the thing, so to speak. Do you remember the Dr. Seuss story, The Onceler? Oh, you're talking about in the Lorax. Oh, yeah. The Lorax, you're right. The Lorax yeah. who speaks for the trees. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the the Lorax who speaks for the trees, and it is the, the Wansler, his success is built on the consumption of everything else. So as his success increases, the destruction increases as well and ends up hurting the environment all around him. So rather than, for instance... Eden be the place where Adam and Eve were to push the boundaries of blessing out to the whole world. Man, the man-made city of Sodom, these cities on the plain all feel the negative effects of Sodom and Gomorrah as they not spread their blessing, but spread their cursing. Yeah. And I mean, you see that one chapter after, you know, we've already talked about the the battle of the five uh, armies uh, in Mm -hmm. Genesis 14. Uh, Lot's not there very long before warfare, warfare becomes part of his reality, um, mm. and uh, and again his strategy becomes to to seek further refuge not only alongside the city but within the city. And it's interesting if I remember correctly. Let's see, that's Genesis fourteen. That's the next chapter, right? Yeah, that's what I'm the saying. The kings of Sodom go to war. All he's concerned about is the plunder. Because Sodom is a place of consumption. Yeah. Man. Well, and I love, you know, so we've also talked about, you know, you've mentioned Babel. Another dot that needs to be connected is Sodom. Uh, and again, Sodom will be big for the prophets going forward. It's, you know, it's this archetypal evil place. It kind of captures a Genesis 6 and a Genesis 11. You know, in Genesis 6, we talked about the sons of God going in with the daughters of men. Um, 
right. a boundary is being crossed there. Something that wasn't supposed to interact, interacted. Just um, like the whole boundary. Remember, we talked about that just as Genesis 6 reflects ab- Genesis 3, absolutely. crossing the boundary of going beyond looking at, but consuming, looking and taking. That's it. So that's you've got that aspect of Genesis uh, 6. You've also got the, you know, we talked about a Nimrod um, was called a mighty hunter against the Lord, the whole Nimrod's war on heaven uh, mm-hmm. interpretation. Uh Interesting. You kind of have both of those realities in one with Sodom, like Mm. two angelic visitors come to the city and the people of Babel try to consume them and they do so in a would be sexual way. Or the people of Sodom. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Babel. I meant Sodom. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the people of Sodom are only interested in consumption. And again, I love the way, uh, you know, it's, oh, there's just so much in Genesis one through, uh, you know, uh, 11. Uh, I think of, we talked about desire. Um, the serpent gets Eve to desire the fruit and, and they focus on what they desire. One chapter later, right? Uh, God is warning Cain, sin's desire is for you. The thing that you think you're going to consume ends up trying to consume you. The city where right. Lot seeks refuge and resources and good land ends up being a place that consumes those who come there. Right. Man, it's interesting how it all fits together and that how some sacred things, of course, some sacred things are made for consumption, the tree of life. I think about the sacred consumption of the Eucharist, you know, the Lord's table. Um, But some things, they're sacred and it's not their consumption, it's their admiration by abstaining from them. And that's what the, the whole story of the Bible, it's a mixture that the pleasure of Eden was not just a pleasure of consumption. It was a pleasure of do you, abstinence. Do you as trust well. the Lord on the basis of what he has provided enough to trust the Lord on the on what he has prohibited? Mm. And that do thing you, that you're told not to consume, you can see is beautiful. Like things can be beautiful and not meant for consumption. Like God made this thing as a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But it's bad if you take the thing that was made for admiration and use it for consumption. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. So all the boundaries are down in Sodom. Nothing's off limits. Nothing's sacred. You can say whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. And and that, when, and, oh and the issue, you know, when cities run out of things to consume, they end up consuming themselves. So mm. nothing's off limits. Nothing's sacred, and nothing's left. <laughs> Mm, man. Ed, yeah. Oh, man. There'll be more to talk about this uh, next week as we get into the story. But I don't know. What do you all think about when you think about Sodom? What's your go-to? Perhaps you think of it like, you know, traditional evangelicals and stuff like that. But I really think the dots we've talked about today and connecting those, there's something to this. Yeah. So reread the Lorax, the, you know, the Hunger Games and watch a few Walking Dead episodes and join us next week on the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. (laughs) Gandalf, come back. Oh, that's good enough. All right. Well, thank you all for listening today. And uh, we will see you next time as we actually get into the text of Genesis 19. Sorry for the quick little break to Genesis 13. If you don't want your podcast feed to be consumed... 
with Unworthy Podcast. Like and subscribe to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah, Trying to be right. Gandalf. And if you would like to interact with us, you can always message us from our website at betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. We will see you next time. Shalom. We're filling out the flame a little, uh, frame a little bit more after lunch than before. <laughs> so true. Why does his face look sunken? His countenance is dropped. <laughs>